Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to a special Spurs show. This is a very small, intimate uh, live show. We're here live at the Albany on Great Portland Street for a special show with double winning Cliff Jones. (laughs) Also joining me, Theo Delaney and Mr. Rob White. Hello. And before we kick off, and I got it wrong on the last show, and and Cliff's... uh, uh, son has pulled me up here. 370 games for Spurs. It was 159 goals for Spurs. Double winning cup with his cup winner uh, medal. Every Wales game in the 58 World Cup. But actually, not many people know this, three FA Cup winning medals because Cliff was part of the 67 team where the unused subs also got a cup winning medal. So how many Spurs players can say they've won the FA Cup three times? Mm. Any, me- before we go, any memory, 67, I mean, you know, near the end of your career, you sat on the bench. Who, who was your sort of, who was then the younger player that you were effectively sub for? Come on, come on. Well, that would be Jimmy Robinson. Robinson. Yeah, terrific winger. Bought from Arsenal. Uh, last show, talked about Tottenham Arsenal. Bought from Arsenal, didn't we? Yeah, he, well, went, he, to went, he went to Arsenal. Apologies, he, he went to Arsenal. Had him from St. Mirren, I think, was it? Well, Rob knew that. Yeah, yeah. Terrific, terrific player, Rob. Uh, Jimmy. But there we are, sort of, I was... Getting a bit older, and I suppose my days or my time had run its course at uh, Tottenham. And uh, do you hope he got injured though? On that, when you sat there at Wembley, do you hope that he might get a little, little, little knee injury? I'm, I'm on. Well, I kicked him a few times. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got lots of questions. Um, Theo, you got, you got the first question there. Yeah, because uh, obviously we're going to talk a lot about Tottenham Hotspur, but you can't. You, you know, book. Can I just? in right now okay. uh, Cliff has finally after all these years finally his autobiography to come out and uh, I think it comes out in near the end of September uh, initially through the club but if you go to cliffjonesawonderfullife.com you can pre-order the book and you can get it pretty much for anyone else is that correct Steve? and, and signed even right. more reason yeah. to go to cliffjonesawonderfullife.com and get a signed Cliff Jones autobiography book. Well worth it. Theo. So, uh, no, 
What were we going to say? We'll be talking, obviously, all about Tottenham, but Cliff and I we were just talking just before we started about Wales, because Wales are playing tonight as we speak. They're 2-0 up as we speak. Oh, they are. And, of oh. course, I was saying that uh, I'm an England fan, Rob's a Scotland fan, but we all became Wales fans in the Euros because Wales were so fantastic and went so far. And I wondered, and, of course, the previous time they um, qualified for a major tournament was 58, and as we've already said, you played every game. So what are your memories of that, Cliff, 58 World Cup? First of all, you tell me now by announcing that Wales were winning 2 0. <laughs> Sorry. You said it record. This is the old like you lads. Don't tell me the score. I want to watch it when I go home. That's fucked, isn't it? <laughs> I was just going to announce that myself. Wales were in 2 0. Oh. And I was going to start singing. Oh, I can't believe I've scuppered that. But you've done it. Oh, no. Anyway, <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> will you please sing for us? <laughs> I will, yes. <laughs> uh, the question was... 58, 58, 58 World Cup. What well, are your Cup. memories of that? It must have been amazing. Pele's first World Cup for a start, wasn't it? The, 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 you're talking about the Welsh... The I'm Welsh, talking about the Welsh... The Welsh one, The yeah. Welsh experience, obviously. The yeah. Welsh experience. Well, it was just an amazing experience. We went over to Sweden, sort of... Nobody sort of give us any chance whatsoever. But I'm telling you something, we were a good side. We had sort of a great goalkeeper in Jack Kelsey. We had sort of a Mel Charles with the centre-half. Uh, Ivan Orchurch, an inside forward who I know so well, the golden boy of Welsh football, he was just a fantastic player. And of course then we had John Charles, El Bueno Gigantico, the gentle giant. Mm. And he was just special, John. And in fact, it was a very doubtful whether he would play in the World Cup because the Juventus were playing hardball. Anyway, he did. He was given permission and we were all in the lounge with all the Welsh um, uh, selectors. And the door burst open and in walked John, like he's six foot three and he's like sort of 16 stone. And all the Welsh selectors all stand up, stood up and started singing, for he's a jolly good fellow. <laughs> They're so pleased right. to see him. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that went on, all right, didn't it? Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. to me, I mean, you name those players, those players, that's 1958 playing for Wales, but all Church and I've Charles church. and Charles and yourself, all world-class players, right? So no wonder they did so well, because they I mean, genuine world-class <coughs> players. Absolutely, and of course, they also be outside a goalkeeper, Jack Kelsey. Yeah. Play for the Arsenal, but... Hey, That's why I didn't put of, him on the list. I, know, I, I, I accept he I was good. <laughs> Jack was a fantastic uh, goalkeeper and he was amazing for us. Who did you have in your group? Who, who, who did you draw in that 58 World Cup? We had uh, Sweden, the hosts. Um, then we had Hungary, uh, Mexico, and, uh, and that was it. Yeah. yeah. So we, we drew with... Um, first game was against... Hungary. No, the first game was against Sweden. We drew. So you played the host nation effectively in the opening game then? Yes, more wow. or less, yes. I'm sure it was. My memory's not really all that good, but I think it's, it was like 60 years ago, wasn't it? Let's <laughs> <laughs> be fair. I mean... And then we drew with Mexico. Uh, then we also drew with Hungary, so nobody could beat us. This was sort of 58 hungry. And the this trouble was, we couldn't beat anybody else either. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, but we did well. No so doubt about that. So 58 hungry, that was sort of po just post Pushkas, that amazing team that obviously Arthur Rowe as Spurs fans took a lot from, from that hungry uh, 
team well, you know, you can argue that Rowe did first the old push and run. So what were what Hungary like to play against well, in that 58? Really still some of the players from that 53 team. Still there, just might have been going over the top of it, but they were a, a terrific side. And um, <clears throat> we played them then in a playoff game. Mm. We had them in a playoff. We beat them 2-1. It was quite a physical game. And John Charles got targeted and he was... Uh, Tishy the centre off, he got sent off, and John Charles got carried off. So that meant that John couldn't play in the quarterfinals against Brazil. And uh, he was very special as John, sort of a great header of a ball, and possibly one of the greatest players that played the game. Uh, and uh, I say to this day, if John had played in that quarterfinal match against uh, Brazil, I think it could have been another result. Uh, because the full-backs of Brazil, they were struggling a bit. Terry Medwin, good winger, he was uh, getting down the flanks, likewise myself. And um, John was getting plenty, uh, we were getting plenty of balls into the box. Uh, Colin Webster, very good player, played for Manchester United. Um, good player, but of course not a John Charles, and there's no, no, no John Charles. And, and of course that sort of... Um, uh, that sort of, I think if John had played, we certainly would have got, got something out of it. And you played that game, that game was against Brazil, you obviously played against the very early Pele, that many people argue was the greatest player to play football. Um, I know it was 60 years ago, and he was, he was obviously very young then. Did you see anything in that game from Pele that you thought, this, this guy is special? Well, yeah, so it is just straight away, you knew that this kid was very special. He's only 17 years of age. Mm. I think it might have been his first game for Brazil. Yeah. And you just knew that sort of he was going to be one of the greats. It's, they beat us 1-0 and um, he was got the goal. Was it a, he got the goal. It was his first goal. I mean, I, I never see it. Obviously, I didn't see it again. Was it a close game? Was it very a close, close 1-0? Game. Very close. Very close one. It couldn't be any closer. Uh, <clears throat> sort of, they had a swinger, Garincha, who yeah. was um, sort of, he was the man, sort of, nobody heard. Really Most Brazilians think. will say he was a better player than Pele. That's right. And, Nobody heard too much about Pele. We hadn't. Knew about Garincha and Didi and this other bloke, Vava. And, uh, but he's, he got player of the game by Mel Hopkins, very underrated player for Wales. Uh, but it was Pele who sort of came on and um, got the winner. And I say to this day, if John Charles had played, Colin Webster um, from Manchester United, he came in, good player, Colin, put himself about, but of course he's not a John Charles. Mm. And... Uh, I think it could have been a different result, but there we are. And the old adage, Pele broke our hearts. Was, uh, but the best was when we got back to London, uh, when we got back to Swansea. There's four of us. There was Mel Charles, there was myself, um, there was Terry Medwin and, and I were all church. And uh, we got to, the, got to the ticket barrier and uh, one of the blokes said to Mel, where have you been, Mel? Been on holidays? <laughs> <laughs> I said, shut up, you silly sod. We just got back from the World Cup. <laughs> you know, we couldn't imagine that being asked by Gareth Bale, like when he gets back, he went, where have you been, Gareth? Been on holidays. The game was a little bit different then, that's when it, but tell well, it was special. Before we talk about your, your, your 10-year career at Spurs, ironically, last week was the transfer window. Look, I mean, you know, look, do my research. When you signed for Spurs 
for £35,000 from Swansea. You were then, from a Spurs fan perspective, a big marquee signing. A lot of fans now will moan about Spurs not buying the big marquee signings, the sort of Klinsman van of art. But at the time, you were seen as a big marquee signing. What was your memories of, of being signed from Spurs? And when did you get wind that Bill Nick wanted you? Well, there's a few clubs who were after me. Uh, amongst them, the Arsenal. <laughs> and uh, when it came down to the, the, the knock-ins, um, sort of, uh, the bids were put in, and uh, manager of Swansea was Ronnie Burgess. Right. Now, Ronnie was one of the greats. Bill Nicholson says to this day that he was possibly the best player Spurs have ever had. But he was the manager at, um, at Swansea, and, and I would say there were a lot of clubs involved, interested amongst them, Arsenal and, and Tottenham and, and Man United also because Jimmy Murphy, he was they were the Munich air crashes just happened to, mm. and he was trying to get it rebuilt because Matt Busby won there and obviously he was interested in getting me, so Manchester United were involved, um, <clears throat> but um, then he sort of uh, Bill said to me um, like there's some clubs in, in Ronnie Burgess you no know, Ronnie Burgess when it came to the meeting Ronnie said look Clip he said there's a, there's a number of clubs after he said he said but I would say you sign for Tottenham but another thing don't sign for the Arsenal <laughs> and I thought well what's he on about yeah I don't know I didn't know I didn't know there's a history of anything but I said Ron it never left Ron did he he was, he was Tottenham yeah. through and through and he said you signed for Tottenham suit your style of play which he did but don't sign for the Arsenal mm. and I wondered why he said it but of course now I know don't I yeah. so I do you know think, do you know do you think it was that relationship <laughs> <laughs> do you think it was that relationship therefore with Burgess and, and Nicholson who played together obviously in that early 50s team do you think that relationship possibly swayed it because you were oh, told I'm, I'm sure yeah yeah without a doubt because when Ron says something about which I didn't understand means yesterday we both sort of uh, knew where I should go and uh, that's where I finished at Tottenham and never looked back really. And what was it like, you know, being that age and moving down to London, the capital city? I mean, famously on your debut, you took the bus with all the fans to show up at the ground. What, was, it, was it a real then in 58 uh, from, from Swansea, a sort of culture clash moving to London then or, 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 or not particularly? Not really, no. I just took, took it in my stride. I was, I was down to earth lad and I was married. I had you know, right. two children by then and yeah, I just, yeah, I just so took it in you, my stride. So where did you settle for the family then? You married with a couple of kids at that Palmer's stage? Green. Palmer's Green. Went in Palmer's Green, yeah. Sort of, and a lot of clubhouses there. <coughs> Bobby Smith was living four doors away. He was a right nuisance most of the time as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Mel Hopkins was just up the road in Terry Med when you just found the corner. So was it like Club yeah. Digs then, or did you have to go through an estate agent and start looking around? How did it work then when you moved down? Well, we worked. They just said we got this house lined up through Cliff, and that was it. And we right. went there, and it was a lovely house. Well, my son, he was he, he knows as much yeah, as Steve, I do. Steve's here tonight. Yeah. My son Steve, he was he was. So how many he years were you there? How, how many years were you in that house in Palmer's Green then? Well, how, many, how long was this, son? Twenty-five years. years. Yeah. Okay, wow. And say Bobby Smith on one end, Mel Hopkins, and Bob every now and again he send his sons up. The rent managed to come round on a Thursday afternoon. It's about thirty Bob rent, and he sent when he's a bit skint, Bob with the dogs or somewhere. He sent his son up Steve with a note. Could he lend our dad the rent money? <laughs> <laughs> 
Which I never saw. I give it to you. I never saw it back, Bob. Not with Bob. Can you imagine that now? Sort of a road in Palmer's green, green lanes. You've got Luis. That's Phil Cornwall, Stella Street. Yeah, exactly. But you've got Luis in one house and, you know, Kane in one house. I mean, it's just unbelievable. One of them's a bit skimp for the rent. Yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't be worrying about rent money with it. Yeah. Different world, but uh, hey, wouldn't change it. It was just fantastic times. But when you first arrived, Cliff, did you find it? Well, how easy was it to settle into that team? And what was that team like? Because that was obviously became the double winning team, but it was still in its formative stages, wasn't it? It was certainly. Um, it was the, the fullbacks were the Ted Ditchman, Mel Hopkins. He was the fullback, and Peter Baker, uh, Daniel Blanchard was there. Sort of Morris Norman, uh, <coughs> Jim Ali was the, the wing off. Uh, Terry Dyson was there, sort of um, Terry, Med- Terry Medwin, he was there as well, because he'd sort of gone a bit earlier. Uh, Bobby Smith was there, and we had a good side, a very good side, but we just, I think we lacked sort of a bit of desire, a bit of commitment, if you like. And so Bill went up to, um, went up to Scotland, Hearts of I think it just won the Scottish Cup or the Scottish League and, and left half of hearts was, was Dave Mackay and, and he saw this quality in Dave Mackay and you know he's a terrific footballer but he was a winner an absolute winner and uh, I think that was, that's what that team lacked until Mackay arrived and that's what we lacked we lacked that right. bit of design and commitment and he, and he brought sort of Dave Mackay and, and, we, and we just took off and really sort of were the team to see and then just a little bit later they went and signed John White and then we really took off because he was sort of just a special midfield player. So when you've got Dave Mackay, Danny Blanchard and sort of uh, John White in the midfield, I'm telling you something, hey, it was easy to play, I'm telling you. Mm. And they were the very important players for us. If they played well, we all kicked off from them. But of course, I have to emphasise the main man was Bill Nicholson. Mm. He was the main man. But when, when I mean, thinking about seasons and maybe games, when do you think that team clicked? I mean, again, I don't know if it's going to be in your... Your, your autobiography there, there was a story about there was a pre-season tour to Russia and Bill Nick asked all the players to go to the Bolshoi Ballet which none of you wanted to do and apparently after the, the, the ballet you all went backstage to meet the male ballet dancers and Bill Nick heard that these Russian ballet dancers all did weight training and that's when he bought in probably in, this, in the English game the first ex-RAF weight training coaches to beef everyone up. What was your memory of that, of that tour? It wasn't so much to beef us up, it just gave us a bit of sort of agility and sort of explosiveness. And uh, yeah, but, but the, the tour itself, you know, when Bill said, we're going on tour this end of the season, I just said, oh, that's good. Where are we going? He said, Russia. Oh, Russia. Who wants to go to Russia? This, like, is, real iron, this is real yeah. Iron Curtain. It was, I mean, sort of... It's like, uh, a, it's like a Bond movie, wasn't but, it? Well, Lennon and Stalin were lying in state in the mausoleum, sort of... Uh, the, the KGB were all floating about everywhere. We had to go around in threes and fours. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, what a... Russia, Bill, you've got to be joking. <laughs> anyway, it, it turned out to be a fantastic tour because we played against some terrific sides there. And, but I do remember he, he said, we're going to take you... We're now tonight, lads, and we thought, oh, we're going to the British Embassy, great. We, go, we said, we've own Bill. He said, oh, we're going to the Bolshoi Ballet. The Ballet? Once you go to the ballet, we don't... anyway, I have to say it was one of the most amazing experiences of our lives. It was just sort of incredible, sort of just to see the the fitness and the agility of these 
of these ballet dances. And of course, Bill wanted to know why they're so fit, as he was talking about. Yeah. And a lot of it is down to weight training, so it give you that explosiveness. And when he got back to, um, to, to London, he sort of sought this bloke out, Bill Watson, who'd, who'd been a weightlifter, and wow. now had become a weight trainer. Right. And he came in and we just took off from there. A lot of it was based around the stomach, which is the, c- the core of your sort of system, and, and that's how we worked away. But when we was in, I was in, in the ballet itself, I was sitting down there, and all of a sudden, like Jim Eiley, can you remember Jim Eiley? Wing half, he, he came down, and he, he sat by and said, what's up, Jim? Can you see? He said, oh, I can see, I can't hear a fucking word they're saying. <laughs> You can swear on this, don't worry. I said, what are you talking about, Jim? This is a ballet. They don't speak. He said, oh, oh, Jim Eiley. Good player, but not with it, really. So anyway, we we took off after that tour and um, sort of see And of course, another thing, I rumoured Dave Mackay. Oh, it was a nightmare. Absolute nightmare. Because I'm a very tidy person. My son will tell you, I'm very tidy. Just come out of the army and everything, and tidy, nowhere the things had to go. And Mackay was the most untidiest person you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. And within sort of like two days, our room was a complete Kazi, an absolute Kazi. <laughs> and I couldn't understand a word he said. <laughs> he goes, I <laughs> So I went to Bill, I said, Bill, can I have an interpreter? He said, a Russian one? I said, no, a fucking Scottish one. I said, I don't know what he's saying to me. It was just... I mean, you can understand John, he's Rob, he's good. And, and John was okay, but Mackay, he was murder. So, but we, we came to terms and we settled down and, and it proved an amazing tour. And we sort of took off the next season, we really did. And, a lot of that is Bill's foresight, looking forward and sort of changing things, you know, the way you train yeah. and very important. And um, he would always say to us, you play the way you train. If you're going to train with method and effort, you're going to play that way. But if you become lazy and lackadaisical and sloppy, you'll also play that way. Yeah. So Bill made sure we trained accordingly. And he was spot on with that. He was top man, Bill. Nice. He was the main man. Yeah. So he did all those little things that made you improve a little bit more and give you a bit of edge. And obviously, we're talking about 11, 12 incredibly classy footballers. So you start off in that 60. I mean, we've we got to talk about 60, the, the double winning side. Obviously, it's been covered, you know, a lot. But you're, 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 you're a witness to everything that happened. What, what point was it in that season where you, you thought, this is really special. We could actually win the double here. Well, I think after we won the first 12 games. <laughs> I, think, I think I was in with a shout then. <laughs> and then we drew the 13th. Then we won the next four. And uh, I think Sheffield Wednesday beat us 2-1 up at uh, yeah, Hillsborough. Hillsborough yeah. yeah. So I think, yeah, by then, I think we more or less had got the season one. And, yeah. But it was, the other thing, it was done with style and flair. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, we put bums on seats. I think it's over, like... Two million people watched us in league matches alone, and another five hundred thousand in cup matches. Mm. And we were the Fair team to see, and yeah. uh, it was a special, special time. And, and that, I don't know if be that, that feeling of knowing that you were the best team, but also knowing that you were the most entertained, was that important to everyone as well? Knowing that 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 was part of it as well. 
very important because like Danny Blanchard would say let's, let's go out there and sort of you know give them what they want to see let's not bore them to death yeah and Danny was very special you know you know sort of in the way we went about it he sort of Bill was the main man but when we were on the field of play Danny took over mm. which these days they don't players don't do anything these days they, they wear the captain will wear the armband and, and that's about it but Danny would make the changes he would see it and so he'd and make the changes during the game during and it's an interesting game. point that talking about players now and people fall out with managers and stuff were, were the, what were the key games that as a player we went this is the one we need to beat this team this, this will put down a marker we can beat this lot what were the sort of your memories of those key games in the league the key games were always the Arsenal right. I had to beat the Arsenal mm. which we did twice in that season so that was the, but I mean, the key games the key games were always going to be the, the teams like Sheffield Wednesday who were such an odd lot they had this wing off Tony Kay who just would put his foot in everywhere and he was a good player but so that was they were key games Sheffield Wednesday were a very typical side Bolton Wonders mm-hmm. Bolton Wonders going up to Bolton Wonders and a Whenever you went up to Bolton Wonders, it was always raining. <laughs> and they'd always have a bleeding brass band playing there at half time. And you'd have full backs like Tommy Banks and Roy Hart. They just wanted to kick you to death. You know, <laughs> give you gravel rush, as they say. And, and whenever I heard a, a brass band play, I always think of Burnden Park. <laughs> Tommy Banks, Roy Hart, and it's always pissing down with rain. Was, what a place to go. But we always did well against, against Bolton then. And they were... They were vital games because they were tough, tough side to beat Bolton in them days. And of course, the, the Arsenal as well, you know, you know, putting it over in the Arsenal, that's always, always very special. And, uh, uh, but the, the, <clears throat> the games, the important games that were sort of with them, the Sheffield Wednesdays and the Boltons, the real hard, nut gritty teams. Because in a typical Spurs tradition, <laughs> we had a bit of a wobble kind of near the end. It was like, Spurs are going to win this, we're going to win this. Oh, wait a minute, they haven't won this quite yet. What was the game where, I know we had a bit of a wobble near, I'm guessing around Easter time. Was there, what was the game round then that we'd lost or drawn a couple of games that the players were like, come on, we've got to, get, we've got to win this game now? Was it the Sheffield Wednesday, someone said? Was it? Ipswich. Ipswich. Ipswich, that's right, yeah. Right, the pieces. But was that, was that the following season? They won, they won, but they won the following they won the, season. They, they won, won the, the following cup, season. They the following season. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. That was the following yeah. season. Anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, the FA Cup, because we're just talking about the double, obviously now, probably for a lot of fans, sadly, and players, it doesn't mean what it meant to us of a certain generation. Looking back at those two 61-62 FA Cup wins, what were your memories of those runs? Any key games, apart from the finals where everyone knows so well, any key games in those two cup runs that still stand out? <clears throat> Not I can think of at the moment, no. Uh, <clears throat> but they were always like, special games, sort of like, going to Wembley, sort of, that was just... I mean, the one, I mean, the one, I mean, let's talk about the 61 game, you know, we'd won the league, it was now, we're going to the FA Cup, the Sunderland replay obviously was, 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 was a big one that fans will remember. Uh, maybe not so much players. But I mean, the, the, the final itself, Leicester, I mean, obviously there were stories that 
who was the key? Was it Mackay that got injured and, and uh, had to walk around and had to sort of play hooky and go and get some physio somewhere else? There were some key moments before that Leicester go. Chalmers, obviously, Chalmers, during the yeah. final, there was no subs then, got injured early. What was your memory of that moment of, this is it, this is the game, Leicester City, we're, we're going to be the first team, well, you knew before, we could be the first team this century to win the elusive Cup League double. Did that weigh on you before the game? Uh, no, <clears throat> we went out there looking forward to the game. Uh, you could say sort of Len Chalmers, he, right, he, he got injured, the, the full-back. And, mm. uh, and you, you find then sort of when you go down, and he, he didn't go off because there was no subs in them days anyway, so he just stayed on and make a nuisance of himself, as they would say. And um, he just sort of floated around and to, to make a nuisance of himself. But sometimes... It's more difficult to beat 10 men than it is to beat 11 game because 10 men automatically go defensively and, and they get a sort of more or less like eight men behind the ball. So mm. it's sometimes very difficult to break down. But although they say it's, it's difficult to beat 10 men, 10 men very rarely win a game. So once we'd got that goal, once Bobby Smith had got that first goal, then it was only one winner then. And, and then I think sort of they tell you Dyson added another one which he will keep on telling people about forever and ever <laughs> and ever and, uh, and yes it, it was in some ways a disappointing final because Bill I mean Bill wasn't happy we just won we just won the double but he wasn't happy because we didn't play the Spurs style the Spurs way what was it after the game I mean you've won the double and, and your manager you look up to is a little bit sort of not too happy with what he's seen uh, he, was a, he was a tough man to please, wasn't he? Well, he, well, he did say, well, he won a bad performance, lad, uh, and <laughs> for that, no training on Monday. <laughs> yeah, it's good, yeah, wasn't it? Because we had to go and train the rest of the week. But he had us off on Monday, so we didn't train on Monday. Thanks very much, Bill. You got It was disallowed, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Disallowed. Oh, definitely, you're a good judge, you as well, aren't you? You know. And the referee, I mean, the lines where they, you know what they're talking about, do they? No, Definitely a good no. goal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, after the double, uh, after they won the double, the team almost got better because, of course, it was, a, it was the best team in the country by miles. And then you, and then you added, the, you know, the best young striker, the best young England striker, or one of the best strikers in the world, in Jimmy Greaves, win the cup again, <laughs> somehow failed to win the league. And then, of course, you went on to. To win, be the first the first team to win a European trophy. But before we talk about that, Willie Morgan asked me something that's been playing on his mind for the best part of fifty years. Is. <laughs> he's he's he wants me to ask you this. So on in 1961, you played on the right, and Dyson played on the left, right? Am I right? That's right. Yeah. And the following season, you went to the left, and Medwin played on the right. Yeah. And then you stayed on the left when Robertson came as well. Yeah. Is that right? So the question that Willie would like to ask is, where we where did you? you is he right in thinking you were better on the left? You preferred it on the left, even though in the double-winning team you played on the right? <coughs> well, I didn't mind where I played, to be honest. I didn't. Right. Whether I was better on one side or the other, I, I didn't mind where I played. But Bill Nichols had this policy. Three wingers. There was myself, Terry Medwin, and Terry Dyson. Yeah. Now, I was always going to be the number one pick as a winger, right? Yeah. And whoever was playing the better of the two... Terry Dyson, Terry Medwin. Would be the other one. was Terry, Terry Medwin. Yeah. Then Terry would go outside right, I'd go outside left. Right. 
But then sort of, if Tyson was playing a better game, yeah. I switched to outside right. Okay. So, so he would always have me in, in his side. So as far as you're concerned, as long as you're in the team, you it play either side. I yeah. could play other side. And, yeah. and I enjoyed And I think to a certain extent, although I'm always recognised as a, as a left winger, I always prefer to go on the, on the other side, the right winger. Right. Because I had Danny Blanchard behind me. Ah. And he was a nightmare as well, Danny. <laughs> he said to me one game, he said, Cliff, do you realise the ball is round? It will roll. <laughs> I, I said, what do you mean, Danny? He said, why don't you try pass the fucking thing now and again? <laughs> so I put up with that, but I love I loved playing on the, on the right yeah. side, in spite of Danny Blanchard. Yeah. Those, those European nights, I mean, we've obviously talked about the 58 World Cup uh, campaign, but also... After the double, the European Cup, obviously the Benfica game and everything. The following year, we won the Cup Winners' Cup as Theas had the first British team to win a major European trophy. What was it like to come against the European opposition? Because now a Tottenham team will play against teammates in Europe. We watched everything on BT Sports, Sky Sports. What was it like going abroad and playing teams? You had no idea what they were like. You had no idea who the key players were. Was there certain games where you were like... I mean, obviously, Gornick, first game, we were, what, 4-1 down, was it? And then we pulled a couple four of games. 4-0 down, down, down. And pulled about, obviously, the famous game when we, we won 8-1. 8-1. What was it like playing certain games abroad where you're like, you know, fuck me, we're in trouble. These players are good. Yeah, because you had no idea. No, you didn't have any idea. Bill would always try to get a little rundown on on the opposition, individual players and that, but generally you didn't know. And when we went to Gornick, it was our first first European game, and, and it, it was fantastic ground. Sort of the place itself was terrible. You could see all the sort of the, the hardship they'd gone through during the recent wars, and and uh, nothing had really been rebuilt. But the ground itself was just superb, and um, sort of. <coughs> Bill said, let's get out and we'll play again. So hold it, keep it nice and tight. But you know, then we're going to pick our game up and get at them. But it didn't work out that way because at one stage we were four down. We were two down at half time. And Bill said, look, you've got to tighten yourself up. He said, and we've got to stop this team you know, getting at us. And within 10 minutes of the second half, we were four down. So, you know, that, this team talk didn't work very well. <laughs> anyway, we pulled a couple of goals back and it was 4-2. And Bill wasn't very happy. Um, we'd taken quite a bit of stick as well because some of our play, Mackay in particular, had been a bit sort of over-physical. And um, they, we sort of had a really a bad press, uh, not only by the sort of the, um, the Polish press, but also by the, the British press, mm. because we hadn't sort of really performed as we should have done. So we took a little bit of stick, and Bill really had us up for the second game, the second leg, Bill had us up for it big time, the training we'd done. And, and we came out that night, and we'd all dressed in white, it was a lovely strip, and we came out with the opposition. And as we, we used to come out on the bottom end, and as we've come up, you've got the East Stand, which was absolutely mobbed, you had all the sort of the, the uh, other road end, uh, Paxton Road end, that was mobbed. And the noise as we came out here, 62,000 that night. And I've never experienced an atmosphere like it. And, I, and you come out with the, um, with the opposition, and 
And you're looking around, and they're looking around and saying, what the fucking hell is this? What is, what is it the unexperienced have? Because when you play abroad, the crowd is well away from you, so you don't have that sort of effect. And they, I'm telling you, they were a goal down before we started. And right after, from the kickoff, Danny Blanche has lobbed one into the box, Bobby's gone in, clattered the keeper, hit the bar, and the keeper didn't hit the bar, but the ball did. <laughs> And, and, uh, and it blew me, we, we took off and I tell you, that night we played as well as any team has ever or ever will play. We would have slaughtered anybody and we didn't make one. I think it was 8-1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 8-1. I got three. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I'd throw that one in. <laughs> but that night was just fantastic. And that, if you ask me about a game that will stick in your mind, that's it. Really corny. Most fa- fans who are there will say, you speak to fans of a certain age and you go, best game is it? They would immediately go, Gornick. And of course, them European nights, they were, they were very special. And when, when the draws were being made, all the clubs in it, one team they didn't want to come up with was Tottenham. They mm. didn't want to go there. They didn't want to play against us because they knew what it was going to be like at White Hart Lane. Is it still something that is a matter of regret that we didn't win the European Cup? Certainly it is, yeah. And uh, you can say we didn't get the rub of the ball, the mm. run of the green or whatever they want to say about it. But, hey, Benfica, they were fantastic. Good side, side. yeah. They were a great side. Do you think we would have beaten Real Madrid? That, which obviously was a great team. We would have, because I think they were just about going over the top a little bit yeah. now. They had their best days. And whoever, whoever got into the, in, in, into the, the final against, uh, against uh, uh, ben, uh, Madrid. Was, was it? Real. Real Madrid, yeah. I tell you, yeah. I'm going a bit, you know. <laughs> Against Real Madrid, we're going to win it. There's no mm. doubt about that. Yeah. Because they were just, just past their best. And, uh, yeah. But we nearly got there. Nearly. It was just nearly. Just didn't, as I say, we just didn't get the run of the ball mm. and see a few decisions. And it was unfortunate. But uh, hey, they were memories and can't take them away. Well, yeah, we, we had, lost, we lost 2 saying, Yeah, yeah but you're right what you're saying. We had goals disallowed. Yeah, yeah. goals disallowed. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, if, if decisions had gone with us, both games. Yeah. you know, and a bit of run of the ball, it, it would have been different results. It yeah. would have been. Yeah. And whoever then was going to play sort of Real Madrid, hey, they, they were going to have every chance of doing it. But after that 61 62 Tottenham era, what was the stage when you, you, you mentioned them earlier, Juventus? Juventus came in and tried to buy you for £100,000, which is a lot of money now, so a lot of money early 60s. What did you know about that bid? And how, how did that, you know, did, did Bill Nick come up to you and go, there's been a bid? What was your memories of that bid from Juve? Well, <clears throat> my memories, I'd, I'd, we'd, we'd had a sort of pre season tour against right. Italy, and I'd played against Juventus, and I sort of run the sort of. They fall back ragged and and sort of straight away they they were Gigi Perinacci was was one of the agents and and Bonaparte he'd been a player with um, with Juventus and now he's now now a director and he was also like involved and they came in sort of at the start of the 60, 61, 62 season right. big time for me and well we lived in Palmer's Green and and there was. Gigi Perinacci, there was Agnelli, who was the, uh, the president of, of Fiat, Fiat. Fiat. <laughs> and also of Juventus, and there was uh, Bonaparte, who had been a player, but was now sort of like a, a director, and also, as I said, there was that Perinacci, and Tony Marchi came as well, because he could speak yes. a bit of Italian, 
Now they wanted me big time, and and they they were going to sort of um, offer. I think it was hundred twenty thousand pound. I think for me and and sort of I was going to get such an amount of money, and of course I was interested. And so they went to Bill Nicholson. I mean, I've got to be interested, you know. Not that I loved Tottenham and that, but when you get, of course, it can set course. you up. It can set you up for life. Yeah. And you go and do so. Sort of, and I said, I think I would have done really well because I'm not a. I'm a lad who can sort of adjust and settle in. I'm not a jack the ladder. And I would have. I would have done it. I know mm. that. I would have done it there. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, they, they went the Bonaparte and that went to um, to Bill Nicholson and. They, they spoke to him and they said yes they said you can have him but in five years time I had to see my contract out right. which is a, like a I think it was a, a two year with a two year option which obviously Spurs were taking up so he was saying like come back in four years time you can have him and they could say but piss off we're not coming back in four years time <laughs> yeah. so yeah. that was it you know that was Bill that was Bill Nick's way of saying way of no saying, you can't have him off. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. so that was my sort of uh, I mean, Spurs over the years have started. I mean, we've had many great players on this show who, quite a lot of them, I mean, you know, Jennings and whatever, were quite upset when Spurs sold them. Um, most fans will argue at the wrong time from a, from a fan's point of view. So there must be, was, so the very fact that Bill Nick went, no, was that like a sort of, he's brought you into Tottenham? Was, was there any moment where you went, oh, Quite up for this, or, 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 or no? Or, or to not. be honest, to be honest, I have to say, in some ways, I didn't mind because I, I, I loved it at Tottenham, doing well at Tottenham. Nice home, the family were all sort of growing up nicely, and we were all settled. We were settled, and that's very important. You know, it can go beyond the, the football itself as being sort mm. of, you know, sort of settled in yourself, and which I was, and and uh, I, I didn't mind at all one little bit that. Bill said no it would have been interesting I would, I would like to just have the experience of going over there and see how I would have done I think I would have done okay over there I'm, mm. I'm, but I'm also I'm, I'm hey I'm half pleased that I stayed with Tottenham that's yeah. Certainly, yeah. really I'm pleased and of course in, in 63 they won, won the European Cup and, and, Cup. Course, yeah. and we did a show with Jimmy Greaves and yeah. uh, it, it struck me that the, one of the many amazing things he said was that he said with complete conviction that he believed that that team with Danny Blanchflower, Dave Mackay, Cliff Jones, John White and himself, he believed, he fully believed that he was playing for the best football team in the world for that period, for those, those two or three years. And that, was an ama- that must have been an amazing feeling. Is that something you felt as well? Oh, certainly, without a doubt. <clears throat> and, and you mentioned players like Jimmy Greaves is like definitely the greatest goal scorer there's ever been. Yeah. No doubt about that. And he was a goal scorer, sort of like you've got Lineker, you can say Shearer, and a bit later on it was Lofthouse. All good goal scorers, but they couldn't score goals the way Jimmy Greaves would score. I mean, I've seen Jim pick a ball up on the halfway line and, and go past four players and dummy the goalkeeper sitting in the back of the net. Mm. And they couldn't do that. You know, Lineker, he, he, he couldn't beat a man, sort of Shearer couldn't beat a man. But Jim, he could beat men. Yeah. And he was a scorer, not only of like tap-ins, which he got a lot of through his instinct, but he could also score great goals. And, and he was also a great lad as well. Mm. Terrific lad. That yeah. sort of 60 to 64 period, 
what other players, maybe players you haven't sort of talked about and we kind of know about, what, what, were, your, what were the other standout players for you in that Tottenham team and why in those sort of four years? Well, Bobby Smith, our centre forward. Yeah. Bobby, terrific lad. <clears throat> sort of, he gave it, took it, got on with it and sort of, he had sort of a way about him sort of as regards his control and his head inability and and one of with Bob sort of during his, his career he's he, he, he done lots of things and won quite a number of trophies but he was someone who sort of couldn't keep hold of him for various reasons but he played against um, Spain at Wembley playing centre forward for Spain and also playing for, for England Bobby played in I think it was he had 15 games for, for England. He scored 13 goals, which is an amazing return. But he played against Spain. They beat him 4-2, beat Spain 4-2, and Bobby got two of them. Playing centre forward for, for um, Spain was um, Stefano, possibly one of the great, go- uh, great players of all time. And after it, he came over to Bob and shook hands with him and wanted his photograph taken with him. <laughs> and Bobby's got that photograph. Yeah. Still got that photograph, not now because he's dead, poor sod. But it's something he wouldn't let anybody have. Mm. Bob, through various reasons, sort of got in a bit of trouble financially with various things. And, of course, lots of things were sold to pay off his debts. Mm. But there's one thing he wouldn't let go was that the photograph of him and Stefano. He really treasured that because it put him in sh- said like where he was as regards a football himself. Yeah. The very top bracket. Yeah. Talking about other players, I mean, obviously, there's, you know, we touched on Blanche Flower and Greaves, and obviously, Rob's here, and I know you were very, very close. What were your memories of, of not just playing, but just some of a friendship basis with, with, with John? <clears throat> well, when I, when I talk about Tottenham, Bill Nickerson obviously is the main man. Without a doubt, Bill should have run the club from boot room to boardroom. He was the main man. But when we went on the field, we had three players. There was Danny Blanchard, there was Dave Mackay, and John White. Now, with them three players, they played well. We all kicked off them. They were very, very special players. And John, in particular, who was a good pal of mine, and we roomed together, we had great fun together, and we had great games together. And um, sort of, it was uh, very special times. And... uh, (coughs) John and myself, sort of, we were like a couple of schoolboys, really. Always in a little bit of trouble with, with Bill, sort of them two brothers, they at it again. But uh, when it came to the game of football, sort of, John was very special to the team. And, uh, and we just, uh, just bounced off him. And Bill's, Bill's sort of... Who's saying about the, about football is that when you go on the field of play, we're not in position, get in, we're not in possession, get in position. And with John White, that was always the case because whenever you picked the ball up, you always knew you had one pass on, at least, and that would be John White because John had that ability of sort of getting into these spaces and making room for himself. And then when he had the ball, he had that sort of skills. And of course, for a, for a midfield player. He got his double figures every season. That's like sort of scoring 12 or 14 goals every season, which is what you look for a, a top-class midfield player, which John was. And, uh, and certainly when John sort of, you know, that tragic day when it happened to John, that really was 
the start of the breakup of that side because it was 1964 and then Danny struggled and Mackay and myself we all sort of but but when John got struck by lightning sort of that that started the breakup of that side and uh, yeah but they were great days them days and uh, sort of just a privilege to have been part of all that 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 team you, you mentioned there, the team breaking up around the sort of sixty four period. Obviously, John and, and Danny and, and 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 various players. You obviously stayed on until sixty eight. We we touched the top of the show that you you know you won a FA Cup winners medal, a beat from the beach in sixty seven. From that sort of sixty four sixty eight period, what were the new players that came in at Tottenham that you think you gelled with and, and worked well with? Well, you had Gilzean, didn't you? Gilzean yeah. came in. Yeah. Scottish soldier, okay. <laughs> well, Gil, Gilly's been on the show oh, for years. We did on this show. Where's yeah. Gilly? And we were honoured and blessed, was. blessed to have him a few years ago. Who, like yeah. you, pin sharp remembered every game. It was yeah. a, an absolute honour. Yeah, he was. He was different class, and of course, he had Jimmy Greaves alongside him, and hence the name was the, they call him the G Men, mm. and he was just uh, some fantastic players. But he was a great character, Gilly, a great lad, and. Uh, I see him every now and again. He comes out to Tottenham every now and again uh, for one of the, some of the games, and uh, it's always good to see him. Uh, I can remember when we played in Amsterdam, uh, sort of a pre-season warm-up game, and, and after the game we were um, sitting in a bar, and there'd been like a military tattoo going on in, in Amsterdam, and they were marching. It was a Scottish mob, it was, and they were marching back to camp. And of course, we sitting outside in this bar, and. As they're coming past the old colour sergeant, he looks across, he's a Gilzine. And Gilly had just scored the winning goal against England. He beat him one nil. Of course, now he's like mega, isn't he? And he says, Gilzine, okay, lad. And of course, he comes over to Gilly, and Gilly's there, he says, oh, yeah. And they're speaking, Scottish, they're speaking. I know. Anyway, he took, he took this sash off, and he put it on, on to Gilly, he said, Gilly, take us back to camp, lad. And he got in front and he started marching, didn't he? And he went. And we never saw him for about a day. And he came back, he was in Elba State and building it one of the been. He said, I've been with the lads. But now oh, what a great what a great lad he was getting. I suppose hey, these days you're not gonna get nothing like that, are you? But I don't know, it's part of the fabric of of the game and our team and it was just the spirit that we had about us we were all young lads and yeah. just enjoying ourselves yeah. and uh, it was just great days really but that were. period you start off the top of my head you obviously saw the beginning of Kinnear Jennings Chivers Knowles Cyril Knowles we talked about nice last one, yeah. week you saw some great players coming through I mean you were, at this stage you were one of the senior players certainly you're talking about Pat Jennings Pat sort of Great. Well, when I talk about keepers, the best keeper I've ever seen is Pat. He was just great. I played against him uh, um, down at the Vetchfield. Uh, he was playing for Ireland. I was playing for Wales. And sort of, I like to come in. Nobody had heard of Pat. Nobody. And uh, ball has come across. I've come in to think it's going to be mine. And it comes his big hand comes big right hands. out of nowhere. And, <laughs> and then he grabs it. He owes it. He looks round. And then he volleys it 50 yards to the outside route was Georgie Best <laughs> and Georgie just runs through the Welsh team like <laughs> thought Jesus Christ what's this it's a new game and uh, so I saw the emergence of, of Pat and, yeah. and, and George Best of course yeah. uh, and, and Bill signed him then from uh, Watford 
Um, he struggled a little bit, Pat, when he first came, because Pat, yeah. a very quiet boy. We used to say the last time he said anything was when he said goodbye to his mum when he left Ireland, because he never used to see nothing. He wouldn't even call when he comes to the ball. and So things were a little bit sort of... Uh, it didn't go right for him for a while, and, uh, and so Bill left him out and brought Bill Brown back in, but then Pat came back in then, and I was the greatest keeper I've ever seen. No mm. doubt about that. But you're one of these Spurs players that... Even after leaving Spurs, you went to Fulham. You stayed in the in the area. You you brought your family up in the area. You followed Spurs. I mean, you're, you're one of the ambassadors of the club now, and you, you you're there week in week out. Looking back from after you finished to sort of now, what were the sort of players over the last well 30, 40 years that you would look back at being a Spurs fan and go that player? could have slipped into my double team was there many how many players can you think of that still stand out to this day that you would love to have played with as a, as a fan well, certainly Gareth Bale would have slipped Bale in. Yeah. yeah outside left I don't know what that no, I have to go outside right sorry yeah. no Gareth Bale would have gone into the side there's no doubt you would have walked, do you think you would have walked into that team he would have gone into the side yeah I must have walked in would have gone into the side been hard for him but he would have gone in um, I think it might seem, with my memory now, it's not. Can you throw a few? Well, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll throw. I'll, 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 I'll give you a guest score and a hoddle. Hey, Glenn Hoddle. Yeah. I mean, Glenn's got to be in the summer. I mean, yeah. Possibly one of the greatest sort of English footballers yeah. we've ever had. When you're talking about skill, yeah. I mean, the trouble with Glenn, when he was a, when he was coaching, he was asking players to do things which they couldn't do. Mm. You yeah. know, so, hey. Uh, but he was he was uh, just different class, Glenn. Yeah. And really, sort of, he should have been playing for England a lot more. He should have said, right, there's Glenn Hoddle, now let's put a team round yeah. him. And and then you got Gascoigne then as well. I mean, well, it was a special player he yeah. was. So, yeah, over the years, he, you could have picked some side, and the difficulty was where you're going to play him and who's going to be left out, who you're going to put in, but. Any other names? Got, that was a good one. Gascon, Klinsman. Klinsman. Jurgen. Um, yeah, I, I can't see him. See, for me, like, I, I always, I always rated Bobby Smith. Mm. Yeah. I Maybe did. Klinsman wasn't there long enough. I mean, we're talking what about... about what about Ginola? Ginola. Too good looking, Ginola. <laughs> 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 we're all ugly. I mean, you yeah. can't have him in the side. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Ledley. Ledley King Ledley's got to have a shot somewhere could be, Ledley could be one of those and I tell you another, I tell you you're talking about St. Robs Mike England yeah. don't bother about yeah. that yeah. Mike England wow he was a good player but I am sensing a slight Welsh bias in <laughs> some of the <laughs> just slightly yeah. yeah yeah well look we, we've, we've just touched on stuff and, and just you know for the listener out there alone I, I can't wait for this book to come out later on this month again if you go to cliffjonesandwonderfullife.com you can get this book. I mean, it's almost cruel. You know, why is it taking so long for you to do this book? And how did the book come about? And did you have people helping you sort of reminisce to, to draw out these stories? Because, I mean, you, you, you're taught through and through for, as you said, yeah. now on 60 years. Certainly. Uh, like I say, I'm one of them Welshmen, you know, very shy and retiring. And, <laughs> and so I, 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 I do like all the limelight and nothing like that. And a book, it was aimed at me a number of times. I just, no, I'm not... But now I feel ready to, to do a book and uh, sort of, and there's lots of other things I've, I've put in there sort of, you know, about life itself, you know, how it's treated me and my family and 
the changes that have happened uh, within within my life as well. Um, and uh, you know, this bloke um, Ivan Pondin sort of he's he's a obviously he's a big man United fan, but also a very good writer who's who's done who's wrote sort of Alex Ferguson books. Mm-hmm. He's done uh, Ryan Giggs and Bobby Charlton. And he, and he said, I think you've got a good book in you, Cliff. And, mm. and Giggs and, and Bell have done the forward for you. And Giggs, Giggs, Giggs and Bell have said, yeah, we'll do that. And Bell, they've done that. Uh, also, Gareth Edwards, mm. the great rugby oh, great. player. Wow. He's uh, coming wow. and done the forward as Amazing. well. And uh, I often see him uh, go to his, he gives me a ring, Cliff, fancy coming out with the boys, a game of rugby, not like rugby, a game of golf. I said, yeah, I'm down there, Gareth. And, and of course he's done a bit and I, I just feel ready you know it is time to, to do a book and um, there are things in there which uh, not only you know about sort of football is about life itself and the things that can happen within someone's life and I'm like a big family man and uh, there's lots uh, of family stories and you know, my son he's, he's, he's with me and he knows that and uh, yeah, I think it'll, I think it'll be a very good read, and um, uh, that is going to be coming out in September. I think. And end of September, and, a few weeks' time. I think it's launched. But Tottenham, the club, are launching it on the twenty sixth, twenty eighth, around that sort of time. I mean, from my perspective, you know, you know, being Gunners Spurs for many years, there's there's a lot of great players. I'm very honoured to meet many, but not only are you a great player, and I've met you a few times. You're you're lovely and a great man. And, and that really comes across from fans that you're not just a great player, you're someone that will give your time to Spurs fans and the Spurs fans here. You're not one of these ex-players that are like, well, why don't I want to speak to you? You, you really do give your time. And, and I'm, I'm so happy and honoured that you've, you've given up your evening tonight to talk to fans here. And, 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 and I can't wait to get the book and I urge everyone out there to get the book. So for now, and I'm sure you'll come back, please God, you'll come on many, many years to come on our, our humble little show. Ladies and gentlemen, the Welsh wizard, Cliff Jones. Podcast Network.